Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 198 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. Timing is everything, they say. And I would say this episode is no exception. So Tracy was supposed to be on the podcast a long time ago, actually. It was supposed to be released in April. I was supposed to interview her in March. And I was having all sorts of email troubles at the time. So that being said, if you emailed me in March, I may not have gotten it. I, the emails going back may not have gotten to you. Anyway, if you emailed me in March and I and never heard back from me, it's because of email struggles and just email again. So everything is now fixed. But I had such troubles that I lost Tracy's email. But it turns out I think it was meant to be. I think it was meant to be lost at that time and found now because this episode really is perfect as far as timing goes. So she lost her sweet daughter, Katie, while she was in the line of duty as a police officer. And coping is always hard. But for Tracy, coping was really, really hard. And so last week, we had the live stream on coping strategies, healthy versus unhealthy coping strategies. And Tracy's the first one to admit that she had some very unhealthy coping strategies. So we're going to talk about those today and how she's transitioned into having more healthy coping strategies. The other thing I do want to bring up is just around the corner now is episode number 200. I cannot even believe this is happening. Actually, it's funny because when I started the podcast, Eric first started recording and we recorded his first one and he saved it as episode 001, Andy's dad. And at the time, I thought it was kind of crazy that he used three digits because I didn't think there was any way I'd get to 100. I mean, I had committed to him to do three and we would see what happened, but never in my wildest dreams that I think I would get even to 100. And now we're at 200 already. Well, just around the corner, we'll be at 200. And I really do want to honor that. And we're also at almost the five-year mark of Andy's death. And I want to honor that as well. So, you know, I've talked with talking with Gwen about this. She thinks we need to do something really special and try to honor as many of the parents that have been on the podcast as we possibly can. So that being said, if there's an episode that really touched you or changed your life or impacted you in some way, please email me and write me and tell me how it made a difference and how it helped and how that one story maybe changed your perspective or something. Because I would really love to share some of those stories on this special episode number 200 that I'm going to do with Gwen. Um, so email those quickly, though, because I, I probably am going to have to start recording <laughs> that pretty soon to get it ready, because I don't think we're going to do it as a live stream. I think it would be too emotional for me to do it as a live stream, though. So I think 
we'll record it ahead of time. But anyway, if anything really touched you or if it was something that I said that helped you get through this really difficult time, please email that to me too, because I really would like to hear that. Especially now this summer, given that this five-year anniversary mark is coming up, it makes for a really tough time. So right now though, just to sit back and enjoy listening to Tracy, Katie's mom, and think about what you might want to write into me. Again, my email is marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, at andysmom.com. Thank you so much, Tracy, for agreeing to come on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. Anything to help other parents. I am so excited to talk to you today. And we were talking right before we started recording about timing, about timing being perfect, because you were supposed to be on a while ago, and then through just some email, my email got really messed up for a while in March, and I lost you for a while, and then I found you again, and then we were supposed to do this interview last week, and then I think you kind of forgot, and so we're rescheduled for today, but it turns out today is the perfect day to do this. And we'll talk about why later, but I love how it just works out in just the right way to have this at the right time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you had said you've been listening to the show for quite some time now. Yes. Since, mm -hmm. since the beginning. Really? Since yes. the beginning? I think I was a little, uh, before I found you a little after my daughter Katie died. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we just start talking about Katie? So you just talk, tell me all about her. All right. Katie was, she was 24 when she died. Mm -hmm. She was a rambunctious girl. Gave me a quite a run for, for my running through high school. <laughs> Did she? Uh, but she was, was a six-year Navy veteran. Oh, wow. The Navy Reserves. And she was, became, had become, she became a mom. Mm -hmm. home, and then she became a police officer. Wow. How she was, how she died. She was killed in the line of duty. Oh. Well, why don't you just talk about Katie and kind of who she was as a kid and things like that? Did you, did you have other kids or? I have two other. She has two older brothers, mm -hmm. Emmy and John. Um, they're 32 and 30. Okay. She was just always the caring, compassionate child. Yeah. You know, I after Katie passed, I got letters from kids that had been in high school with her saying the difference. Like they had started a new school and she went out of her way to approach them. Oh, wow. That person who became a police officer because she had a desire to help others. Mm -hmm. Picked an area in uh, Newport News, Virginia, and it was in North, and it was the worst section in the city. Nobody wanted to work there, but she wanted to help the community. Oh, so she just had a big heart, didn't she? She did. She was the one, you know, the homeless man that would be killed. She'd call me and cry. Oh. You know, they would apologize when she was arrested, when she'd arrest someone. Uh huh. I heard this from other officers. By the time they got to the jail cell, they'd be saying they were sorry for cursing Katie out. <laughs> you know, she was more helpful to people. Yeah. 
So they just liked her. She was just so yeah. liked. She was mm -hmm. known for her smile. Her chief shared that was that smile with her great big smile. Mm -hmm. So out of high school, she went in the Navy Reserves, you said? She went into the Navy. Mm -hmm. She served six years full time in the Navy. Okay, full time. Wow. Yes. And then she got out of the Navy and her she had bought a home. And then her desire was to have a baby. Yeah. And Katie was gay. So she was married to another woman. Mm -hmm. So through in vitro, she became pregnant. So oh, she wow. girl Reagan and Reagan is now five years old. Wow. Yes. She's a blessing, I'm sure. Still. She is because she looks just like her mommy. Oh, wow. And it's a little, it's a hard time because she's starting to, um, she understands a lot about Angel Mommy, but now yeah. she's asking questions about how old you know she was. And then she, and recently she just said, I wish I would have been four so I could have said goodbye. So, oh. But we do a lot to honor Katie. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Oh, well, I mean, I'd just love to hear some more stories about Katie if you've got some more stories about her. Gee, stories about Katie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to think of on the spot. Oh, my yeah. God. You know, she was in ROTC mm -hmm. high school. She was just, she was just so caring and compassionate. She just yeah. loved life. She was one of the, her, her saying was YOLO. You only live once. <laughs> okay. She was always happy. She was a jokester. She loved joking with people. She was yeah. very comical. Everyone loved her everywhere you went. You know, when, when Katie died, there was over 3000 people at her service. Wow. Officers from around the country came for her. My goodness. Yeah. So where are you from? You're not from Virginia. No, I live in Florida, <laughs> but we're from New Hampshire originally. Okay, from New Hampshire. Like, that is not a Virginia accent that you have there. Oh, no, it's not. It's just <laughs> No. No. And okay. Katie, Katie's buried because she was a New Hampshire girl in heart. Okay. She always knew at some point, you know, because she wanted to have Reagan have be around her cousins. My son Tim still lives there. And okay. Two little babies, so we know Katie would have eventually found her way back to New Hampshire. So, yeah. uh, you know, fall, she did find her way back, just not the way we planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did she get married then? Just after after the Navy. She got married during while she was in the Navy. While she's in the Navy. Yes. Was her wife in the Navy as well? No, she met Whitley. It was funny. They Whitley went to Purdue University. Okay. They happened to be they met online and they really met, Yep. They met up one time and it was within three months. She was like, Mom, this, you know, I want to get married. And of course, as a parent, I'm like, you know, and it had nothing to do with the gay or it just yeah. was Katie three months of knowing someone in Kate in Katie's life she had 2013 she not only graduated high school she joined the military she was in boot camp and she lost her dad her dad died wow of heart attack. and uh she was only four weeks into boot camp oh my goodness 
And and there was an, you know, and that was Katie though. Katie came home. She got to come home for one day for his funeral. She went back and she went into her and the, her chief said, she came in and said, okay, girls, let's get this done. Yeah. It was, we're going to get our way through this. So she was always very strong and a leader. And you yeah, don't. Yeah, sounds like it. You know. Sounds like it. But when she met Whitley and wanted to get married, her brothers and I said, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And in three weeks, we put together a wedding. and In three weeks you did? Yes. Oh, my goodness. It was in Merrimack. And they were young. Katie was only 18. Whitley was 24. And uh-huh. they came home with old clothes, like thinking we're just going to go. I had picked out a beautiful place for them to get married. And we rented a hall. And they just were going to, you know, just she had an old white dress she was going to wear. And we're like, no, no, no. They came in on a Thursday night and Friday, her stepmom had her out shopping for her bridal dress. My boys took Whitley to find a tux to wear or a suit to wear. Uh-huh. Shopping for a mother's dress. <laughs> <laughs> but it wow. came together perfect. Yeah. Wow. And then she had a baby. When did she have the baby? She had Reagan in 2018. Okay. So how long has she been married then? She would have been married four years. Oh, wow. She was married four years, and they wanted to have a baby desperately. Yeah. And she it was a struggle at first, because at one point when you get pregnant through in vitro, there were too many eggs. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't catch it, she could have lost all the babies. But yeah. she kept the one stayed, and that was Reagan. Mm-hmm. And Reagan was the sunshine of her life. She yeah. just... You know, loved being a mom, mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. being a wife. She loved cooking. Yeah. You know, she just balanced it all out. Yeah. And she just seemed like she had things together then, huh? She did. With this job that she really loved and now a new mama. Yeah. And they bought a home within that time period. So they, these two girls just really... You know, she had when she had dreams set, and they made their dreams happen. Yeah, yeah. So she lived her life. Well, and I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, you know, three months or whatever, four months when they got married, like, is that really going to last when it's that quick? But sometimes when you know, you know, right? And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an easy one. They were both very different. They had yeah. their differences, but... They they were committed to their marriage. They were going to stick together and they were going to make it work. Yeah. Well, I even think when my husband, when I met my husband, we met, started dating in September. And when he went home for Christmas, well, he brought me home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I pretty much just knew by then. And he was like telling his best friends. And when he went back at Christmas later, like, I'm going to marry her. So, right. I mean, that was three months we could have gotten married right away we waited another year but I thought my 15 months was quick from uh first meeting to marriage but that's nothing compared to your Katie <laughs> no that's committed and you know what she follows her mother because well Katie's dad and I were divorced yeah. but I met um my husband we've been together 10 years but we ran into each other on Facebook we were high school friends and within a few months we knew this was it yeah. And 
we got married a few months later and it was the same story you know what we just he's the perfect man he's gone through all the ups and downs like you don't get very many men who will stick out you know he watched katie leave he got to know her and katie was very yeah. close to gary yeah then her dad died and he was friends with my ex-husband we were all friends we were a family we believed in being a family yeah yeah and then losing katie and i turned to alcohol yeah and that's i became dependent on alcohol yeah to cope with my emotions yeah when she first died and i did it my husband had to call the police actually and have me baker-acted because wow. i was furniture I don't remember it I recall nothing yeah I know now they had sent the chief of police because he knew of Katie's death mm -hmm. help and they got me grounded and I had a group of friends that were in AA anyway as a couple friends and they right away pulled me into an AA program yeah well should we step back a minute and talk about what happened to Katie sure yeah um, she was pulling over a vehicle. It was a drug stop. Okay. And he was a convicted felon who was on probation and on parole. And when she approached the car, his passenger got out. The mm -hmm. He wouldn't get out of the car. And as Katie tried to help him get out of the car, he took off with the car and he dragged Katie about a block. Oh. And then he put her between a tree and the car. Oh, my. Yeah. So, and he ran. He was a coward. He ran from the scene. Oh, that is just horrible. Yes. So she had pretty tragic death. Yeah, that is a tragic, tragic death. But I, you know, for me, I believe, I knew right from the start, God has been there the whole time. You yeah. know, I know Jesus, Katie didn't suffer. Yeah. Jesus came and took her. Like yeah. her spirit was gone. She was with him when when all that happened. Yeah. Was That's what I have. I I and I do believe that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Good. Mm -hmm. So how did you find out? Well, my boys had called me. Timmy called me and he said, Mom, Kate's been in an accident. We know her legs are broken. How how did they know? How did they find out? Whitley had called them. Oh, okay. And I right away went to my mom's house and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to Virginia. I have to go help her. Right. And I was at my mom's house and um, we're waiting and waiting. And for the answer, I called my pastor. I called some friends. We were praying. Right. And I hadn't heard anything. So I'm like, you know what? I can call the hospital. I'm her mother. And right. he said on the phone and he just said, I'm sorry. You know, she didn't make it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's not what you're expecting at all then at that point, is it? No, we thought, I thought her legs were just broken. And right. That. I mean, that's all you had heard. Mm -hmm. And that's what Whitley thought at first too then? That's what, what that's what everyone thought. She was, we, once we heard it, she was in an ambulance on her way to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then when she got to the hospital, you know, they brought Whitley in, a cruiser brought Whitley in. Whitley was in a room waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so tragic. And how and old was the little one then, Reagan? Two. She was two years old at the time. Oh, my. And Whitley was just amazing. Whitley, 
Whitley had to do it alone. You know, her parents yeah. live in Indiana. Right. She went through Reagan ha having night terrors, wanting her mommy. Yeah. But Whitley just put on a brave face and she went through it all. She was very lucky she met somebody. She had a lawyer helping with all the estate stuff mm -hmm. and met another woman. And her Devin is her name. And she's now married to Devin. But again, it's a blessing from God. She stepped yeah. in and it's like Reagan is her own. Yeah. And she is forever. Everything is angel mommy. Like she yeah. honors Katie at every event there is. She doesn't let Reagan forget her angel mommy. Oh, that is so good. It really that is so good, especially when a step parent comes in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can be really complicated. I was scared at first because, you know, you know, she might have been jealous. You know, a lot of times yeah. it's a jealousy factor. And and she didn't right from the start. She supported Whitley and Reagan and yeah. she loved them. You know, even like on the year anniversary, Whitley just had to go to bed. She wasn't ready to deal with it. Yeah. Devin took Reagan into the scene and they went and honored her mommy, brought flowers. She stepped right up and just brought her along. So, you know, so now today still, Devin has fought and they're having a bench put at the beach right across where she was killed from. Oh. And she takes Reagan there regularly and Reagan will lay down and talk to her angel mommy. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. That is sweet. Well, I want to go back and touch on what you started to talk about. And that's why what I was kind of alluding to when we started about timing. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who are regular listeners, you will know that last week, now this has not happened yet. So I don't know what's going to happen in the live stream because we're recording this two weeks before the live stream, but this will be released after the live stream. So the live stream was on unhealthy coping versus healthy coping. So that's why when we got on, Tracy said to me, I think this was perfect timing because I know you're going to be doing the unhealthy coping versus healthy coping. And I did some really unhealthy coping. So yeah, why don't you talk about that now? Because I do think that this is good timing to be able to do a little follow-up. When I got back from, you know, there was a lot of Katie, when we got back from burying her. Right. And the huge funeral, the 3,000 people, the... Right. We had to have her body flown into Boston. So it was a long, drawn-out process. We had yeah. to go pick her body up in Boston. And it was a police escort, of course. Right. So then we brought her back to Lowell. We took her on a trip around New Hampshire. And then she was buried in New Hampshire... And then we had, had to immediately go to Virginia, where they had a celebration for life mm -hmm. for all her Navy veterans. Sure. And others. So it was a really long couple of weeks. Um, we got home, and I, I was going shopping for angels. That's how I, I just had to shop for angels. And the doctor had put me on Xanax to help cope during her death. Right. And for some reason, I just thought it was a good idea to pick up, you know, a drink. I'm going to have a beer. This is going to relax me. A glass of wine. Mm -hmm. 
And I called my husband and I said, I'm on my way home. I'll bring dinner. And I walked in with a bottle of wine. And I really, that night went awful. Like I said, my husband had to call the police because I don't recall. I blacked out. Yeah. And I went into a hospital for a few weeks and I came out and I had a group of friends that surrounded me. Yeah. And I was very fortunate, especially because the pandemic hit. Yeah. So there were no live AA meetings. There was no type of support out there. So they did a Zoom meeting and they started on it. And this group of people just loved me through it. They cried with me because, you know, a lot of them knew Katie graduating as a police officer. Right. And, you know, it took me about a year and a half. I would still stick to picking up even one or two drinks just to change the way I felt. You know, I didn't want to feel the pain. Right? That's it, right? You're just hurting and feeling so awful. Mm-hmm. You just want it to go away so desperately. That, that's, yeah, you would, I was just desperate to stop the pain. And, you know, I stayed on the Xanax and, you know, I was mixing the two. Yeah, which is not good. And that didn't, you know what, it didn't work. No. Until I finally, about 16 months ago, I had a friend say, let's start walking, Tracy. Okay. We walked, they they were from the program. They ended up being two women. We walked every day for five miles. Wow. And I was able to put the drink down and I was able to talk about Katie, talk about the emotions, all the Everything that goes along with grief, not just Katie's death. As I transitioned through Reagan getting older or a stepmom coming in. Yeah. All the other changes, the secondary griefs. Yeah. Because you're right. There's just so much. Mm -hmm. So much. Yeah. And then I was able to finally, you know, I stopped drinking altogether, stopped taking Xanax. Yeah. I ended up on depression medicine to help me with the depression, but that's, you know, symbolic as a perfectly healthy, non-addicting medicine. Yeah. And, and I've had 16 months of sobriety now. Well, congratulations for that. Thank for you. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think we think that we want to just have it go away and get rid of it. And you just want the pain to go away so desperately. So you do things like, I'll just take this little pill I'll just drink this glass of wine I'll just do these little things in order to push it back but the problem is that's only pushing it aside it's not actually working through anything so it's not even you're not even coping you're just like avoiding that's what it was like so I'm still in the process you know we're in three and a half years so I've learned that I just have to go through yeah there I wake up and I cry I still cry. I have hard moments. Her her birthday's coming on June 9th, and I'm already getting ready to fall apart, thinking, what am I going to do for her birthday? Because I like to still, we have a cake for her, and we yep. believe, I celebrate her birth. So, and it's, but you know what? I have to go through the pain. Yeah, you do. As much as I like that feeling, going through it is how I'm going to come out on the other side. And be able to be useful to someone else. 
Right. That that's it. A hundred percent. I just absolutely agree with you is mm-hmm. as much as you just don't want to go through it and you want to avoid it, you have to at some point. So, you know, for you, it was the alcohol just kept pushing it back. And then finally that friend of yours, wow, what a blessing to say, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what really helped change it. You know, it wasn't like all of a sudden I said, oh, okay, I'll stop drinking and walk. Right. We started walking and it changed my mindset and I had a way of processing. It's interesting too, how walking beside someone will, there's almost less pressure, I think, as far as having a conversation. Like when you're walking side by side, you're not even looking at them. You're not even having to make eye contact. So somehow those bringing up Katie in little bits and starting to talk bits at a time is easier. It was much easier than sitting across the table from talking to someone. Yeah. This happened naturally. Right. Right. I've definitely heard that um, when you talk to teens. You know, Mm -hmm. when you have grieving teenagers at home or something is the best way to have a conversation is side by side on a walk, even a drive in the car, whatever, not making eye contact actually makes it so much easier to have some of these difficult, hard conversations. It, It does. It really does. And the family still doesn't like to talk about it a lot. You know, there's still we don't talk about Katie a whole lot. Yeah. I think the most we've talked about her was in the last month. I had an uncle on hospice. He had bone uh-huh. cancer. And him and I sat and had a conversation. And I told him to tell Katie. I said, hi. Yeah. And my, my mom finished taking care of him until he passed. And we've talked more about Katie now. Isn't that funny how that opens it up? Mm-hmm. Someone else's knowing that they're dying suddenly makes death to be a topic that isn't taboo that you can actually talk about. Right, right. And, it, and it's not easy. You know, no. when he when we sat and talked and I told him to say, you know, and he talked about the stress of dying and, you know, the, yeah. how he felt knowing he was dying. And to me, at my point, I still feel like I'm like, well, you're lucky you get to die because you get yeah. to go be there. I still feel like, you know what, I still have to tread this road. Yeah, I know. And it's kind of sad when you feel that way, but it is true. Mm -hmm. They're like just a little jealous. You're jealous. Yeah. Right. But God has a purpose, you know. I I know. The woman in the AA program who lost her son a couple years before I lost Katie. Uh Uh-huh. And Danny's an extremely strong woman. And we spent a first day together Friday. And there was such comfort being with somebody else who lost a child. Isn't there, though? Mm-hmm. There's just something about it. I mean, I think about these women that I'm just so, so incredibly close to now. Like, I get emotional just even thinking about them and how just being with them, it's just so powerful. It really, well, you get to know, like, I think of Andy. I know, like, I know Andy. Yeah. Listening to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. I told my husband, oh, yeah, I'm going to be talking to Masi. Andy's mom. Yeah, right. People don't get that, but it's just amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I just love that feeling that we get when we're together. It, just because I feel like you don't have to pretend. Exactly. Yeah. So many people, you just kind of have to pretend and 
pretend like you're okay or fake it or I mean I hate when people ask me how I am you know how are you today like I don't I don't know how do I even answer that question anymore I don't even know how to answer the question right I don't answer it's like you know what yeah you want to say how do you think I am right you know, getting you know I just I talked to a friend today who lost his daughter and he says every day he gets up and he talks to her and then it's a matter okay you just gotta get dressed and move forward through your day right and as ever since Katie's death I go to bed by seven it's because I need to be my day to be over like I'm done pretending I'm exhausted yeah and I want to shut my night down and I usually that's when I listen to you yeah. Or other grieving podcasts or I'll listen to books on death and the, you know, there's one big one, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, it's okay, you're not okay. They really help me to say it's okay to be who I am and where I'm at. Right. And that is so true. And because you don't really feel that from other people. You don't always get that. No, you don't. <laughs> it's it's no. like you're not okay. Come on. Come on, try a little harder. It's you got to be okay. Already. You, you got to be over this by now. Right. Exactly. They don't get exactly. this is a forever thing for me. You know what? Like I work with, there's another woman who does a grief support group that I joined. Mm-hmm. And Lisa Bohm. Oh, yeah. Okay. She found how you can carry grief in one hand, enjoy in another. Right. And I've yet to stay on her Zoom calls because I didn't want to belong to the other group. I didn't want to belong to this group. Uh-huh. But I decided this time, you know, we have the sentencing coming up for the Do you? man who killed Katie. And I plan on attending that. That's hard. That stuff is hard. I, I had to do all hard. those court things, too. And then, you know, a dear friend of mine lost her son. And I went to his his court stuff too, his sentencing. And it's just, it's really, really hard. Right. I'm not sure what to expect. I'm nervous. Yeah. But I didn't go to through the trial. I, I just was not in a place to go through the trial. Okay. I think it would do me, you know, my, like my friends, I had the support of AA to say, okay, what good can come out of you going? Will, will it make a difference if you're there? Will it hurt you? I guess if someone's using substances to go through a situation like that and you're trying to stay sober, is it going to help you to go or could it hurt you? Right. And I had to realize that, you know what, it could set me back. And I was putting my life together because I have other children. I have a husband to think of. Right. And so it was a better decision. Mm -hmm. But sentencing I feel very strongly about going to I've written my impact statement yeah yeah are you going to read that or will that be read I will read it yeah no and again the impact statement I focused more on Katie's life and the good she did and I told I such a burning green was his name was you know what I'm sad for you you didn't give her an opportunity to help you that Katie could have helped you it made a difference in your life, you know, the life of your parents, the life of your daughter, all of who now you're going to be taken from. Yeah, it's it's funny just listening to you talk at the beginning about how 
you know, she would arrest someone. And by by the time they get to the station, they would be like, so feeling so bad that they treated her badly and feeling probably bad that they had committed the crime in the first place. And like she would have such a positive impact on someone in a really brief period of time. Right. Yes, she did. She would it would be cute. She called like one person. She was they used to call her Candy Cane because Katie was just very innocent. And um, this is a picture of Katie. Oh, what a cutie! She had that smile. She and did have a smile. Wow. She was a smile, and that's how she really spent her time. Yeah, it's just spreading joy. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's another picture of Katie. Oh, that's a good one. The smile of her. And that's how she lived her life. Right. And she made a difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I want to honor her. I continue to honor her by making a difference in the world. Right. Right. And are you getting to spend much time with your grandbaby? Yes, I do. Every three months, I go to Virginia to see her as much as I can. This right. time it's been a little longer, but I can feel that, you know what, I need to see her. We FaceTime mm-hmm. and Devin and Whitley keep me, you know, up on everything with lots of pictures of what's going on in her life. Well, that's good. It is a little gift that you have, just a little piece of Katie, isn't it? It, it really is. And when I go, she knows that she sleeps with Nana. She knows she gets to sleep with me and there's like a little routine. We watch the iPad, one show, and then we go to sleep and it's really focused time when I'm with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So talk about your grief journey a little bit. You know, you said you were in a, doing a little support group thing. How did that kind of start out for you? It, a friend of mine was in the, in the AA program. Okay. Oh, all right. So it was someone that was in AA who had also lost a child who was in a grieving parent support group? Yes. And they suggested that I go to the program. And it immediately ended up being a Zoom meeting because okay. of the pandemic hitting. Because of COVID. So it was a local group, though, that just that had to meet? Yeah, it was a local group. Uh, there was maybe 20 of us. Really? Okay. So pretty big. It was. It was a big group. Yeah, so it was all grieving parents, grieving moms? Nope, it wasn't grieving moms. There was uh-huh. just a couple grieving parents in the group. Okay, so it was a grief group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I've been in different ones, and I don't know, it's, I like being with the grieving parents for sure, because I've been the only grieving parent in just a grief, like a grief share, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit different, you know, when you're with people that have lost their spouses or lost their parents or something else. Yeah, I tried grief share and it was the same thing. It wasn't quite the same. I tried the local chapter for the grief support group through the hospice program and it it wasn't the same when they didn't lose children. Yeah. You know, it just didn't, it's not the same. It's not. And as much as you like it to be, I mean, and don't get me wrong, those other types of loss are really horrible and very hard, but there's just something different. I don't, I don't know. When I'm with another grieving parent, I just feel this sense of just belonging and understanding. 
Exactly. You, you know, I felt Friday when I got together with Danny, the woman, Danny, there was this come like we sat and talked for five hours. We didn't plan on that, but we were able to talk about our children, about our experiences with grief, how we can talk to our children. Mm-hmm. And I left there feeling this peace that like it was like spending time with my daughter. Yeah, I felt I felt like we were together with our children. I love that. I love that. That's just perfect because that's what it is, right? Is when you can get that sense of being with your child when yeah. you're with another grieving parent. And I I think you've hit it because I hadn't really thought about it that way because, you know, I, I have a grieving support group that mm-hmm. kind of through Starlight Ministries and they're all listeners of the show and we just got together in Ohio recently and it was amazing. It was so amazing. And I think you're right. I think... Part of what made it so amazing is that I wasn't just with 10 other women. Those 11 kids were all there with us. They were there with you. Yes. I believe that the kids are there with us and the kids bring us together. Yeah. So it wasn't really 11 of us. There Mm -hmm. were really 22. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what makes it so, so special because you don't get those times very often, do you? No, you don't. No, usually you can be in a crowd of people and feel alone. Right. Most of the time I feel all alone. My, you know, and it sounds terrible. Even with my poor husband, I'll sit here. I'm like, I just feel lonely. And he's like, what do you mean you feel lonely? Even when I'm with my boys, I still feel that lonely feeling, that alone feeling. Yeah, the absence. I mean. That absence of Katie, you know, you know, she, she talked to me every day, yeah. you know, a couple times a day. Really? So you were close, close. Way close. Yeah. So you've got to miss that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Yeah. So how do you keep Katie kind of close and alive? We talked about when you were with your friend, but how do you do that on a daily basis? I have a few areas in my house that are pretty much I have Katie everywhere in my house. Okay. I have her pictures. I took all Katie's belongings, like even her high school belongings, Whitley said, you take whatever you need. And I was able to take all of Katie's clothes because I said, I'm not getting rid of I had a hard time accepting she was gone. So I had to hold on to these things. Yeah. And now they're packed away in suitcases, but I still have an outfit of hers that sits over my dining room table. You still have what? An outfit of hers. It was her favorite outfit she wore. Her Mm -hmm. uniform hangs in my living room. Yeah pictures and I've just started to talk to her I've just really come around to start talking to her yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because I am currently sitting about five feet from Andy's soccer uniform because that just lays draped over his chair yeah and it and it has it's been there the whole time I put it on one day I wore it um so he wore it on, he got it on the day before he died. So he wore it that Tuesday. We took a lot of pictures of him in it. And then he just laid it out. And then he died Wednesday. And then Friday was the first soccer game. So I wore it that day. And then I put it back in that chair and it's been sitting there for almost five years since. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have Katie's sweater on. This was yeah. her favorite sweater. And I needed her to be with me through this. I was nervous. I said, come on, Katie, we have something to do. 
you know, we have a job to do. We need to help other moms, grieving moms. And we, that's what we want to do. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful way of doing it, as of telling her story, her story of just how loving she was as a person and just accepting of people and mm-hmm. wanting to help. Yep, it was amazing. And it's a beautiful, like the police, people, you know, badmouth the police and they don't realize what a brotherhood it is. Yeah. You know, like on Katie's birthday, I bring donuts and coffee to my local police force. Do you? We do it to honor Katie's memory. Back in New Hampshire, my son's mother-in-law does it. We all do things for the police departments because they, you know, they are right there. If you need anything, they are there to support you. They Reagan gets things. She wasn't able to go to Washington this year, which would have been her first name because Katie's name is written on the wall in Washington. Oh and wow! Didn't go, and offices from around the world sent her. She must have got a hundred gifts. Oh really? They do anything for her. They are Reagan's main support. Oh. Yeah, that little girl didn't know. I mean, it's what a little blessing for her to know that her mama was so loved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they honor, you know, that she's honored. Like, she's she's just coping with it. They, they had the, um, during police week, they do in Virginia, they did the memorial of all officers that had been killed. And she cried for the first time. This yeah. was the first time they said she cried. And she, um... She saw the police officers salute her mom. Yeah. So Katie had to, you know, Red Reagan went up and saluted her mom. So she's oh just my. gotten to realize that her mom was someone that was of honor. and Yeah, really a special, special lady. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, it's just beautiful. Just beautiful. Well, there are other things that you feel like you want to share with maybe newly bereaved moms and dads that are listening. Um, you really just, I think, get get connected with other parents. Yeah. Other moms and dads close to God. Yeah. You know, that was what got me through. And he handled me being angry. He handled all my emotions. Yeah. He took me where I was at and he lifted me up. I believe that. Well, and that's what you need is you need that kind of acceptance for Mm -hmm. who you are, when you are, where you are. Yeah. And, you know, he accepted when I was angry. I didn't, you know, I remember saying, because when I, when Katie was growing up, I prayed God would never take one of my children. I said, God never do that to me because it's more than I could handle. And so for a long time, I was angry because I'm like, he took one. Right. You know, but I had to come to understand God didn't take her. You know, God saved her. Yeah. Instead of going through any suffering and pain, I don't think our children ever suffer or go through pain. I believe Jesus is there and takes them prior to the pain. Their bodies go through it, but their souls don't. Yeah. And that is a beautiful way of thinking about it and just about being accepted, I think, overall. Yeah. In your faith, in your friendships, in all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you hold on to. That is what you hold on to. 
Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on the podcast today. I just loved hearing all about Katie. She just sounds like such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much, Marcy. If there's ever anything I can do for you or another parent, please, you know, you can give my information and they can reach out. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that. You never know. So you heard it here. If you would like to be able to reach out to Tracy, she'd love to talk to you. She'd love to. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.